All right. Thank you guys so much for having us today. We've had an amazing morning with you so far. I hope kids and big kids in the room, I hope you had fun meeting our good friend Leo this morning. Um, but I'm going to share just a little bit about the ministry that we've done in the last three years in Northern Ireland. And Tom is going to share about our future there uh, and share a message with you guys. Um, but before we start, we just want to give a shout out to our friend Orla. I don't know where Orla's at, but we met Orla. Hi, Orla. We met Orla a few years ago. At, I'm sure you all know Orla very well. Um, we met Orla a few years ago at uh, Boost at a youth ministry conference, and uh, we've just been able to have a great long-distance friendship. So we're really thankful for her. Um, we would not be here today without our friend Orla. So thanks, Orla. Um, yeah, so uh, we are missionaries in Northern Ireland where our main focus is church planting. And as you can see, we do a lot of kids' ministry along the way as well. Um, if you want to go to um, the first slide... Um, we have some pictures of the church plant that we were able to be the campus pastors of for most of our first term, um, where we were able to see lots of people come to know Jesus for the very first time. We were able to see baptisms. We hosted a few missions teams, and we just really saw, we had a really great season of, um, of harvest, I'll say, use a really Christian term. We had a really great season of harvest our first couple years. Uh, we saw Lots of incredible things. Tom's going to share some testimonies uh, in his message. And we just really saw God move. Um, we planted a church with a national team in a town called Downpatrick, which is actually where St. Patrick started his ministry in 432 AD, um, many, many years ago. So it's a very, very his- spiritually historic place. Uh, and we love where we live. We love that we were able to be a part of that church plant with the national team. Um, since lockdown, we've been able to pick up two other ministries, uh, mostly online. Uh, you saw our, um, we, you met our friend Leo and, um, party create. So party create is our online kids ministry that right now is primarily on YouTube. Um, but through party create, we are going to be able to do school assemblies where we're going to be able to present the gospel in a fun and a creative way to kids in their schools, which we are super, super excited about. Um, and also since lockdown, um, our leadership, approached us right after Christmas and asked us if we would be the missionary kid pastors for Northern Europe. So we're still learning quite a lot about this ministry, but in Northern Europe, we oversee about 55 students from birth to college age, um, all their pastoral care. So we make sure that they're connected to some type of a, a church. And if there's no church in their area, which is uh, the reality for a lot of our kids. Um, we just oversee pastoral care for them. We connect them to counseling services if they need it. And we host different retreats throughout the year uh, post-COVID. I <laughs> can't wait for those. We host uh, lots of retreats for them as well, where we just really just bless them as much as we can and do lots of fun things with them. Um, before we came into missions, we didn't really know this, but um, we're learning a lot about missionary kid ministry now. But um, one of the most common reasons that a missionary leaves the field to come back to America is not because of an issue with a national church, not because of an issue with ministry, but the most one of the most common reasons that a missionary family will leave the field is because a mental health, emotional issue, or an educational issue with their children. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm just not okay with that. And um, once we started this ministry, we really, really were able to see the value in it and how um, our our vision that God's given us through, through church planting has really even gone into the missionary kid ministry that we've been able to be a part of because it means longevity for missionaries who are on the field. So yeah, thanks so much for having us today. I'm going to give uh, the mic over to Tom. Good morning. It's great to be with you guys. And uh, 
uh, just before uh, I get started, I just want to let you guys know uh, in the lobby after service, we actually um, are selling some uh, different items that we are selling to raise funds for our church plant. Um, we've got little t-shirts for Party Create. Um, we do have larger sizes than this in case this doesn't fit you. Um, and uh, we have stickers as well for Party Create and uh, these campfire mugs, which are awesome. And um, But we are telling people that if you buy one of each, you are essentially buying us a chair in our church plant. Um, and so it's just really uh, an awesome opportunity to, to really help us get things going in our church plant in Nuri. And, um, uh, but this uh, upcoming year, we are going to be moving back to Northern Ireland here in October. Um, we're going to be starting the school assemblies. And then this, the plan is that in this upcoming spring, uh, we will be starting to have a home group and a prayer meeting to start a church plant um, in Nuri, which is where we're going to be moving. And uh, we're so, so excited about this. The, the, the city of Nuri has a very, very long history. Um, it is right on the border between Northern Ireland and the Republic. Um, statistically, it is about 85% Catholic. Um, and so in Northern Ireland, with all of the um, conflict between Catholic and Protestant communities over the last hundreds of years, um, it is a very, very influential town in Northern Ireland. And so we have an opportunity to go to this town and really be a community-loving church that brings light, that brings vibrancy, and uh, it's just awesome. Uh, our church in Downpatrick, just to give you an idea of kind of our background, um, we were kind of known as the the kind of crazy church in town, um, which if you're anything besides uh, Presbyterian or Catholic, you're already crazy in, in Northern Ireland. Um, but uh, but we would love doing huge outreaches. So in our town square, we would get the football cage, the soccer cage out, and, uh, and we would get uh, bouncy castles, and we would cook up hundreds of hot dogs and hamburgers and just bless the life out of our community. We would go in and do street cleanups in the local estates and lo local neighborhoods. And um, we just do a number of different huge outreach sorts of, of things so that we could impact um, our town. Um, I heard a pastor once say that we, we turn heads to open hearts. And that is essentially what we are trying to do as we go and plant the church is to um, do things in the community that causes people to wonder why. Why in the world would you do what it is that you do in our community, right? Um, we had a, a, f a friend of ours that said, you know, it's it makes sense that you guys would go to Nuri to plant a church because in Nuri, uh, you know, you, you're not, you're not a Catholic or a Protestant; you're an American, which uh, which tells you everything you need to know about what those terms mean in Northern Ireland. It really has very little to do with religion. But we are going into this new town as the crazy Americans. Um, that uh, get to really just come alongside and serve and love the local church and the local Christians that are already in the area and, and really just, man, just work so excited. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. Yeah. So um, I know Orla's excited. If anyone's excited, Orla's excited. Um, but yeah, so we're, 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 we're just super pumped about it and, uh, we're just so grateful for your prayers and your support. Thank you so much, Pastor Barden. Thank you so much, Pastor Brandon, for, uh, allowing us to come here and share. Um, I just want to go into the, into, into the word this morning. Uh, let's just pray as we open up our Bibles. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for an opportunity to read your word and hear from you. And Lord, we pray that you would just use, um, what we find in scripture this morning and what we, uh, what we learn, Lord, that it would just spur 
us to grow in our relationship with you and spur us to, to uh, just lean into the mission of God where we are here in Ontario, New York. Lord, we love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. So we got to America about a month ago, um, and the first place, naturally, that we went to was Target because um, Brooke loves Target. And so we walked around Target, and we got Starbucks, and we walked around the Chip and Joanna Gaines section, and Brooke just was loving life. And uh, it was – I was loving life too. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, but one of the things that was really fascinating is we walked into the granola bar aisle because we needed to get some snacks for the road because we're like all over the place, right? We're going all over the, all over the United States uh, speaking this summer. And so we don't want to get some snacks. So we go into the aisle and I got to tell you that it was a little overwhelming because in Ireland, like we have like three kinds of granola bars. In Target, we have an entire aisle of granola bars. Right. And it was crazy because you walk in the aisle and you're like, whoa, there's like gluten bars, non-gluten bars, keto bars, sugar bars. <laughs> there's every kind of bar that you could ever want. Right. And it, it kind of reiterates what I think many of us have probably realized at one point or another is that just because we have more options doesn't actually mean that it's an easier decision. Has anyone ever experienced that? Where you've had so many options in front of you, it's just like shutdown mode. You're like, I don't even want to make a decision right now, right? So for us as a church, for us as a culture, for us in the United States and in Ireland, we are now in a, a, a place in history with COVID where we are coming out of probably one of the weirdest seasons uh, in the history of humanity, Right? And I believe that this last season has really revealed to us not just that we have a pandemic of COVID-19, but we also have a pandemic of purposeless living. I believe that in our cultures here in the United States and, and in Ireland, we have seen so many people's lives just be exposed by the lockdown. Where it's like, I'm stuck at home for six months. What the heck do I do? I have no idea what my purpose in life is. In fact, Harvard had a study that came out a few, a few months ago, right in the middle of the pandemic, and it found that a large majority of people were shifting the direction of their lives due to dissatisfaction and, quote, have shifted their priorities, paying more attention to finding meaning through social responsibility, personal autonomy, and living a simpler life. For us as humans, whether you claim to be a Christian or not, we all have this ingrained desire in our hearts to find purpose and direction. We want to give our life to something that means something. Does anyone else want to give your life to something that means something? I, I, I think that this is something that we all want. This is a universal truth no matter what faith background you come from. And what we found in 2020 and 2021 is that when we strip away all of the things that we can throw our lives into, what we realize is that there's actually not a lot there for us. And this pandemic, man, I've seen more people buy tiny homes outside of the pandemic, right? I've seen more people get into different fad diets. I've seen more people get into whatever new thing or, or new uh, activism, whatever new opportunity that they've decided to get into. And the, the, the bottom line is this, is that we are all searching for significance. We all are. 
And so for us as followers of Jesus, for us that proclaim the gospel of, of Christ, we know that there is a, a counter cultural response to finding what purpose is for us. And I, I want to talk to you about a couple different ways that we can find God's will for our life, ways that we can find purpose for our life this morning. Do we have any high school seniors here? Anybody? Raise your hand if you're a high school senior. We don't have, we got one. Awesome. Right? If you are in high school, maybe you're a junior or a sophomore, you might have felt the pressure of deciding what is next. What do I do next? In this pandemic, people have lost their jobs and they're saying, what do I do next? Right? Every single one of us at any point in our life is probably at a crossroads saying, what do I do next? How do I discover God's will for my life? How do I know that what I'm doing currently is the right thing? And so I want to give us a couple, a couple things this morning that will kind of help us discover this. Some keys. Number one, key number one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, it's not about you. Key number one, if you want to find the purpose for your life, if you want to find God's will for your life, if you want to find what's next for your life, you have to understand that number one, it is not about you. Jesus had a lot to say about purpose. And one of his most notorious run-ins with people that were wondering what their purpose was, was with the guy that we call the rich young ruler. And in this passage, it says this, the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and tries to look good and answer and ask the right questions. He says this, teacher, what good things shall I do that I might obtain eternal life? And Jesus sees straight through this question. He says, you must not kill. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal, et cetera, et cetera. And the rich young ruler, after hearing this answer that I think he thought he was going to hear, returns back to Jesus and says, huh? All these things I've kept. What am I still lacking? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the, when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. See, Jesus had this man's number before he ever walked up to him. And what Jesus knew in this situation is that it was still all about him. See, he could do all the religious things. He could do all the, the, the song and dance of a, of a Christian. He could do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, Jesus knew that it was still all about him. And all it took was one incisive question. You see, for this rich young ruler, it was still all about him. But here's the truth this morning. The more we focus on ourselves, the less satisfaction we actually experience. Jesus revealed where this rich young ruler's heart laid. If you want to find freedom this morning in your life for future, for direction, if you want to find freedom in your life, then you need to understand this, that you are going to only find it at the end of yourself. You will only find freedom at the end of yourself. What is at the end of yourself? Jesus. 
You see, when we come to the end of ourselves and we realize that Jesus is the only thing that can provide purpose. Jesus is the only thing that can provide vision for life. Jesus is the only person that can provide hope and joy and all the things that we find in him. That's when we begin to understand where our life should be headed. Matthew 10, 39, one of the hardest verses in scripture says this, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you are in a search for finding your life, you will lose it. But if you are in the process of laying down your life for Jesus, you will find it. And so for the rich young ruler, you know, Jesus says, I want you to sell everything and give it to the poor. That might not be for you this morning. It might not be that you need to have a a garage sale on Monday morning and give away everything and move to Thailand or something, right? But I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we all know what that next step is. That if, if we lean into our relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will do his work and begin to illuminate in our hearts what that next step in surrender to him is. What is your next step this morning? What is your next step in surrender to Jesus? Because here's the truth. The more you cling on to what is in your life, the more you will lose out on what Jesus has for you. The second key is this. The Holy Spirit isn't a leprechaun. The Holy Spirit is not a leprechaun. Now, when we moved to Ireland, we thought we'd maybe find some leprechauns. No such luck, right? In fact, in Ireland, there's no such thing as lucky charms. That might be hard to believe, right? You can't actually buy lucky charms in Ireland. Uh, but the legend of the leprechaun is still true, right? You follow the rainbow, what do you find? A pot of gold, right? But as you know, as you follow the rainbow, you never actually get to the pot of gold. And what I've discovered is for us as followers of Jesus, I think we've over mystified what the will of God is for us. Where we have turned it into this song and dance where we're trying to unlock the perfect direction that we're supposed to go. And we do all, if we do all the right things and unlock all the right doors and have all the right secret handshakes, then God's finally going to tell us what to do. Can I give you some freedom this morning when it comes to will and purpose for your life? This is what, this is what James says. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. And he will gladly tell you. For he is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. He will not resent it. But when you ask, be sure that you really expect him to tell you. Can I tell you that one of the most dangerous prayers you can ask or the most dangerous prayers you can pray is to ask God what he wants you to do with your life. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous prayer. Because what he's going to tell you is probably going to cost you more than you thought. It's probably going to be a little bit more big than you thought. It's probably going to lead you places that you never thought that you would go. But here's the thing. It's worth it. It's worth it. When you follow God's will for your life, when you lean into his will, it is worth it. I can't say that when you follow Jesus, it gets easier. Coming from a guy that had to move to another country a couple years ago, right? It doesn't get, it gets more complicated usually, but it always gets better. You see, 
We have to be willing to surrender to Jesus to discover what his will is for our lives. I've heard people say this a lot. Is that we, we can't be mad when God's not speaking to us when our Bible's sitting closed. If you want to hear from God this morning, and if you want to get in like the, the, the downspout of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to put that cup in a position where you can hear it. And if you aren't in a posture of surrender to Jesus this morning, if you aren't in a posture of spending time with him, if you aren't intimately close with Jesus this morning, can I tell you that you're missing out on some amazing things? Like this isn't a guilt trip. This isn't me saying you need to spend more time with Jesus, right? Because you have to, right? This is me saying you should spend more time with Jesus because wow, when you do. Like that's so true. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more he has opportunity to sow into your life, to reveal things to you, to give you direction, to give you purpose, to give you wholeness, to give you peace, to give you joy. How many of you would like any of those things? When we spend time with Jesus, that's what we get. Jesus and joy are a package deal. When you're with Jesus, you get joy. You see, we have to be willing to understand that following Jesus is where we find our purpose and direction for life. Jesus is so much more interested in your obedience than he is what you're having for lunch tomorrow or what job you pick or what career you take. All those things are important, but just following Jesus, that is the bread and the butter. It actually says in the scriptures that if you, if, you, if you follow me, all these other things will be added unto you. What that means is, is that if you focus on Jesus and make him the priority and the center of everything that you do, everything else seems to take care of itself. Jesus is waiting for our obedience, our willingness, and our availability. When, when Brooke and I uh, were called into missions, it wasn't like God opened up the skies and was like, go to Ireland, Right? It was like a series of things that happened in our life that lined up that made sense so much that it was like, there's no way this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. I had gone on a mission trip when I was in high school. Brooke had gone on a mission trip when she was in high school. We met each other. We got married. We said, what are we supposed to do with our life? Let's pray about it. And next thing you know, three months later after seeking God, we decided that this is what we're supposed to do. God never hit us across the face with a shamrock or anything like that. Like it was just, there was never an audible voice of the Lord, nothing like that. But we sought God and we prayed and we waited and God revealed it to us. You might be waiting for a sign this morning. Can I tell you, Jesus is waiting for you to just be obedient. The last thing is this. Key number three, God has already given you the tools to discover your purpose and direction. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Jesus has, God has created each and every one as a masterpiece. That's the New Living Translation. I love that version because a masterpiece, we went to a a museum uh, last week in Philly and uh, we, we saw a, a number of pieces of artwork by the, uh, the Wyeth family. But the number one painting that is like the masterpiece wasn't actually in the museum. You could buy it on a postcard, but the, museum, the, but the actual painting wasn't there because the painting is in the National Art Museum in D.C. Why? Because that one is the masterpiece. 
Yet in God's infinite wisdom, each and every one of us are created as a masterpiece, created uniquely to be you, the way that God has created you, the way that God has wired you, so that you can get involved in the mission of God in the way that you are. So the questions that we have to ask is this, what is in your hand? What is in your hand this morning? For Moses, it was a stick. Just a lousy stick. But what did he do with that stick? He parted the Red Sea. He smacked a rock and water came out of it. He threw it on the ground. It turned into a snake, right? It was just what was in his hand. What is in your hand this morning? What is the thing that God has put in your ability, in your wheelhouse? What are the talents and the giftings God has given you? What, what are the, 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 the circles of influence that you have? Where are all the kids at? Raise your hand if you're a kid. Raise your hand. So if you're at school and you've got somebody to your left and your right at the locker, right? You know who else shares those two kids on the left and right? No one else in the universe. You are the only person on the face of the earth that has that person to the left and that person to the right. What an unbelievable gift that you have to share God's love and to serve them. Unbelievable. Yet we all have that circle of influence. We have finances that we can give to mission. We have personalities. We have talents. We have gifts. We have abilities. The second question is this. What's in your heart? What has God, what has God given you that you love? Are there any Bills fans here? I'm not a Bills fan, sorry. But I'm not a Dallas fan either, so that's, that's good, right? God has given each and every one of us things that we love. So why not use those things that God lo- given, has given us in our heart to spread God's love to those around us? When I was a, in, in middle school, I thought that I was going to go work for Disney. I was like, I'm going to start as an animator. I'm going to work at Disney, work at Pixar. I'm going to make the next Onward movie. Like, I'm going to do something crazy, right? And then God called me into ministry when I was a junior in high school. And I remember thinking at the altar at the event, going, man, this is inconvenient. Because <laughs> I had it all figured out, right? And it figures that maybe 10, 15 years later, God has come, come around full circle and now we are creating kids content on the internet for families in Northern Ireland to share Jesus. The thing that I love, I get to do for Jesus. Can I tell you the thing that you love, you don't love by accident? What if you positioned that thing as, as a gift of worship to Jesus? The last thing is this. What is in your history? And I'll close with this. Sorry, I'm running long. I'll close with this. What is in your history? What has God brought you through that you have the opportunity to bring others along through with you? Um, 2020 was the most difficult year of Brooke and I's life. Full stop. Um, in January of 2020, we lost our daughter to premature delivery. And in September, we lost our son. Um, Both beautiful, healthy babies, nothing wrong. We have no idea. But it's one of the, it, it is the worst, most awful thing that we've ever experienced. 
And walking through that, especially during the year of COVID and lockdown and being away from family and all that stuff, man, it's just been hard. But as we've kind of worked our way off the mat, so to speak, we've started to realize that what God has brought us through, he's uniquely positioned us to help others walk through as well now. Rick Warren says this, he says, God never wastes a hurt. And while I can't make sense of what's happened in our life, why I can't just say, God, just give me the answer why this all happened, right? It's just I'm, We probably will never find out until we get to heaven. But I do know that he has given us a path in life that we can use what we've walked through to help others. And here's the thing. I know without a shadow of a doubt that every single one of you in this room have walked through something. And there are people in your life, in the periphery, at your workplace, at your school, that are currently walking through what you've walked through. But the difference is, for the people walking through those things at your workplace, at your school, is they do not have the hope in Jesus that you have. So what would it look like if you were to come alongside and love and serve the people that are walking through what you've already walked through? And give them the hope in Jesus that you have. What an incredible opportunity. You know, six months after we lost Lydia, Brooke finds herself in a in an infant loss support group in our town in Downpatrick, surrounded by women that have all walked through the same thing. All women that have do not have the hope in Jesus that we have. What an incredible opportunity. You have that opportunity. I want to encourage you this morning to lean into the mission of God in your life. If you want to find purpose, lean into the mission of God. Lean into worship. Lean into being with him. Spend time in his presence. Because when you do, you will find a vision for life that is more compelling than anything else that you will find in this world. Can I pray for you this morning as we close? Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for their love for missions. I thank you for their love for kids as they're starting this VBS. Lord, I pray that this week would be unbelievable. Lord, I pray that kids would come to know Jesus for the first time every single day this week. Lord, we pray for open hearts. We pray for parents as they drop kids off. Lord, we pray that you would use us with boldness to speak to parents, to have those those ordained conversations. Lord, I pray that you would use each and every one of us for your mission. Lord, we love you, and we thank you that we get to do this with you. In your name, amen. Can we just give them another just thankful, what a great job. You know, I, I, I just want to share a couple of things, and, and then we'll, we'll let you go. But uh, Tom and Brooke, they'll be in the back in the lobby. They have a table set up, so please stop by, get their prayer card, and um, make sure that you give to them. We want to, we want to bless them today. They're on support. Uh, we support them monthly as, as a church. It's incredible what you guys are doing. I, I love the creativity. It's, it's amazing to me. I've been on a couple trips to England, and the open door to be able to go into the schools and to share at assemblies is is amazing. And you guys are, I, I've done puppets before. They're good. I mean, they're, they, 
you guys are doing first rate stuff. What it's awesome. And uh, it just, we're going to continue to pray for you guys. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your heart with us. You know, at, at the end of the day, I, I love what Tom said at the end of the day, um, God wants to use everything in our lives. We always think, well, it's got to be the good things. It's got to be my most, you know, talented areas. But I loved, thank you, Tom, for sharing that God uses our hurts. He uses our scars. He uses our pain. He uses everything for his glory. And just remember that, that it's it's not, sometimes we think of some big, momentous, huge thing that, that God has to do in our lives. It's all those small things. It's it's the person in the locker next to you. It's your neighbor next door. It's Everyone's hurting. Everyone has a story. And when you're vulnerable and you're open, you're able to have access into people's lives and to share the hope that you have and how God has helped you in your life and how you can use it as a platform to share what Jesus Christ means to you. So thank you, guys. You did a great. Man, what a great job today. I'm so glad that you keep those watch online. Aren't you glad you came to church today? I am so glad that I was here today. And... Amen. So I just want to say a quick prayer again for, for Tom and Brooke and, and as they get ready to go back to, to Northern Ireland. It's kind of neat. We've been picking on Orla, but some of you that may not know Orla, she's from Northern Ireland. And so this, yeah, this is, and I think you guys, oh, she's in the South. All right. Well, what's that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Orla has a heart, right? Orla's, she's got a heart for Ireland and when she, it was great that she connected with you guys and she heard about your ministry and what you guys were doing, and that's awesome. So that's why we've been picking on Oral a little bit today. So, um, But can we pray and just ask that God would just uh, go with Tom and Brooke, and, and as they go back, that God would just continue to do the great work and the great work that he's already started there, that he would complete it. So, Father God, I just want to thank you for um, just what you're doing through the Harshburgers. Lord, I pray, God, that you would go before them, that you would meet all their needs, uh, the financial needs, the spiritual needs, the emotional needs, God, in their heart. Thank you for the healing that you do in our hearts and how you do use our pain and our scars and our hurts. Our sorrows are not wasted in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, thank you for their testimony. So, Lord, we, we, we ask for your blessings upon them as they continue to travel to churches and as they eventually go back to Ireland. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to do that great work that you've started and that you would complete it in their hearts and their lives. We love you. We thank you. And we want to be careful to ask all of these things in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.